0: This episode of the PC Perspective Podcast is brought to you by Casper, a sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience one night at a time. Get $50 off select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash PCPer and using promo code PCPer at checkout. This week on the PC Perspective Podcast, a review of a new wireless gaming headset from HyperX, the launch of FreeSync support on NVIDIA GPUs, some good news for Threadripper owners, and the picks of the week. All this and more coming up next.
1: Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 529, being recorded on January 16, 2019. I'm your host, Sebastian Peak.
0: I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Jim Tannis.
1: And we are back after our marathon CES podcast recorded just five days ago, I think. Four or five days ago. And uh, there's still more to talk about. Believe it or not, in the last five days, some things have happened, some thing was reviewed, and uh, we're going to talk about it. Uh, I guess we should mention that we're doing this live, and so if you want to be notified of live events, you can join our spam list, and I assure you that you will only receive notifications from us about live events and nothing else. And uh, only official site business, none of Josh's personal web streams. Unless you really want them. Well, I mean, some people probably do. But uh, yeah, let's get right into it. And first up, we have a review that actually I published on Tuesday. It's for a gaming headset. This is uh, interesting. It's from HyperX. And HyperX, they had their first wireless headset... Back uh, in, I think, May of last year. And that was like a standard 2.4 gigahertz USB dongle. And they have since moved on to this, which is a kind of a hybrid product. It's a wired gaming headset. So it uses a standard three and a half millimeter connection, comes with a Y splitter to go to the mic and headphone, and works as your typical analog gaming headset. But at the same time, it's also a wireless product, but using Bluetooth. So this can connect to any Bluetooth compatible device using either the standard Bluetooth codec or AAC or aptX, and if your device supports aptX, that's what it defaults to. I did my Bluetooth testing of this using a Samsung Galaxy uh, phone, which defaulted to aptX, and. Uh, I'll cover listening impressions here momentarily. First of all, just real quick run through on the the headset. It is a very lightweight headset. I believe it's somewhere. Uh, let's see how many grams is this thing. It's it's only around uh, twelve ounces or so. So it's well under a pound. Pretty lightweight on your head. Very comfortable. Nice and uh, nice padding level. Soft like leather like material for the ear cups. Is it bigger than a bread box? i I mean it depends on this bread box i mean it's a different shape. I think it would fit inside of many bread boxes yes okay it's an important it's an important thing to note uh but no these uh other than the comfort level, which I found would be very high, the sound quality is excellent it's it's very very accurate detailed sound, a little bit of a bass emphasis, it's that kind of modern. Slightly uh, bass-heavy sound, but still with excellent clarity. And then on the wireless side, very, very good sound. And I did almost all my listening with the AptX setting. I had developer settings on my phone turned on, so I could switch on the fly between AptX and AAC and SBC. And AAC sounded a little bit better. AptX was far and away the winner. But whatever you can connect with, it will accommodate it on the Bluetooth side. And then analog side, it was great. So... Uh, the, the only real drawback I could find at all was the price. And these are $200 MSRP, uh, headphones. So, you know, last week we talked about a different HyperX product they showed at CES, which is $300, which is using the Odyssey drivers. This one's a hundred dollars less using conventional drivers. The sound is still excellent, but yeah, definitely a big ask at that price point. Although, when I was putting up the review, I saw they were already on sale for $169 at Best Buy. So the price might come down a little bit. But if you can afford it, if you're looking in that high end range for gaming headphones, like a gaming headset with a boom mic, and you also would like the flexibility of being able to take the boom off, connect it uh, wirelessly, and use them as just standard headphones, which is why I ended up doing a lot, just using these as a pair of wireless headphones with my phone. They were great for that. So it's like two pairs of headphones in one. Which kind of helps offset the price a little bit, but that's up to you. Uh, more detailed listening impressions are in the review. Uh, full specifications and all that are in the review, as well as like links to to go find this out there online. So read about it at PCPer.com if you are so inclined. And we will move on to news of the week. And this the the first story. I'm just gonna start off with the big one this week. Uh, it's kind of a two part story, but It all started with Jim posting news about the latest GeForce driver. Uh, This is 4.17.71 that was released, which enables the G-Sync compatibility that we saw at CES, which uh, enables, as you may have heard, compatibility with uh, FreeSync monitors, although NVIDIA is saying that there is only 12 that they have validated themselves internally using some sort of proprietary um, validation process. Theoretically, it can work with just about any, but there are some hardware limitations on the NVIDIA side as well, which has become the topic of discussion in comments and around the web. So I will let Jim take this one.
0: Yeah, uh, so obviously, uh, as Sebastian said, I agree. This was probably the biggest announcement out of NVIDIA's camp uh, during CES. Uh, the uh, and Now, with the hardware limitations, are you referring to the uh, restrictions on Uh, GPU generation?
1: Yeah. Pascal and Turing are the only compatible uh, NVIDIA architectures. Anything like 900 series and below, this will not even show up as an option for
2: you. Do, Do you know how angry that makes me feel?
0: Yeah, and that was that was unfortunate because Nvidia wasn't clear about that initially, and obviously G-Sync has been around for a lot longer than those two architectures.
2: Yeah, I mean so- G-Sync was introduced with the 600 series, so GTX 660, 670, 680, and yep. yeah, I've I've got a pair of 780s and SLI that I came home all excited, downloaded the drivers, looked for G-Sync. And it wasn't there. Yeah. I'm having the same
3: problem with my 1080, but that might be because I don't have variable refresh rate monitors. So oh, well, well I'm every <laughs> bit as upset as you are.
0: <laughs> well, that would do it. Uh, yeah. So that is unfortunate. But if you do have Pascal uh, and Turing, so it would work for you, Jeremy, if you got one of those uh, refre- variable refresh rate displays. You know, and then something you- to, to mention here is that some of
2: these uh, FreeSync monitors, you actually have to turn on FreeSync in the menu options.
0: Yes, that's another requirement too, is that going into, uh, based on the monitor, you may have to enable that. and You may not have had that enabled if you were already gaming with one of these displays on a NVIDIA card, because why would you? It, it wasn't going to work. Uh, so making sure that that's enabled, it kind of reminds me of the days of, those, of the first 4K monitors when you had to turn on like multi-stream transport, to get the, the full 4K, 60 image. Uh, you know, so you, there, there's there's a lot of details here that NVIDIA, based on the way that they announced this, wants to wash their hands of, obviously. So, because that, that's why I think they're going about this the way they are. You know, We don't wanna be the support center for you trying to get this to work. They, If, if you want a guaranteed experience, they offer G-Sync monitors that they've certified. If you wanna try this, you can, but it's gonna be up to you to figure it out. And the good and bad news is that obviously they've certified these twelve displays as working. Um, <laughs> good good timing on the video switch there, Google. Um, so they've they've certified these twelve. There are others that are working. Uh, we've linked a Google sheet, a shared Google sheet in that article uh, that is uh, tracking user experiences. So basically, people are going in, they're putting their their monitor, their FreeSync monitor uh, model number in testing it on different GPUs and then reporting their experiences. A lot of bad experiences. A lot of people saying that it flickers or that the display is blanking or there's other issues which kind of supports NVIDIA's stance that we can't just enable this and have it work. There is a difference. Uh, But some of them are more some of the problems are more acceptable. maybe it's a little bit of ghosting around some edges but you don't really care and you're okay with that then you can turn it on. Uh, the key though is you do have to turn if you don't have a certified monitor, you have to turn it on manually in control center Nvidia Control Center and uh, there's a video there we've linked as well in the article showing folks how to do that uh, from WCCF Tech. Uh, it's very simple. Uh, just may not be what you're used to if you haven't been using GSync all these all these years. Um, but the, the, the difference too is, is man, the prices are so much better. You're not paying for that G-Sync hardware. So as I was putting together the list of displays that are certified and linking them over to like Amazon and Newegg, you know, G-Sync monitors, I'm used to spending four, five, six hundred dollars 600 and up. And you're getting 24 and 27-inch FreeSync monitors for two to $300 in many cases. So it's enticing. It's worth trying out. I wouldn't necessarily go out and buy a FreeSync monitor, uh, just to use it this way, unless you're sure that it's one of the certified ones. But if you have one already and you weren't able to take advantage of variable refresh, this is the time to do it.
2: I guess the issues that they're having with in terms of like you know blinking and that, a lot of these things are are easy fixes. I know I was talking to Tech Wendell, and uh, he's got a couple of them. He hasn't uh, you know detailed them yet. But he's been working kind of behind the scenes to to get some of these things working and, and running like they should. And so, you know, don't be discouraged if, if your free sync monitor is not on the list, the, the you know, the, the recommended G Sync compatible list, uh, because a lot of things are gonna work. And like you said, you, you link that uh that Google Docs where people have been going through and saying, hey, this works, this works, this has problems, whatever. That's good to take a look at. Don't don't despair. There are probably going to be people working on a lot of little fixes here, so pay attention, and uh, you know you're you're going to have a better experience in gaming if you've got an NVIDIA card and a free sync monitor. It's it's a free upgrade, which is wunderbar. So if you have a little bit of difficulty
3: along the way, well, it was free, so it's just something to chip away at, learn a bit more.
1: It lends, I guess the whole thing lends a little bit of credence if you want to trust what Nvidia was showing at CES they were showing some examples of monitors that did not make their select list of 12 that had there was one that was blinking very badly there was another one that was ghosting very badly and they were kind of showing like the the worst examples but not every monitor has the capability of performing the same and certainly not with variable refresh different ranges different capabilities and obviously, I think some people are the ones who were complaining that it was working, but they were getting blinking, that sort of thing. They're seeing some of that. But I, I think I thought it was kind of interesting to see, I guess, a little bit of the backlash in the fact that only newer hardware is supporting this feature at all. Uh, You'd think somebody running like 700, 800, or 900 series uh, graphics they're the ones who might benefit the most from variable refresh if they have a monitor that can go down a little bit they can get smoother uh results at maybe a lower frame rate and if you're running 10 or 20 series hardware then you probably already are at high enough frame rate that you could get that kind of like vsync experience on a even a 60 hertz monitor that's pretty smooth so uh in any case like like we said it's free it's 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 something extra. But of course, uh not everybody will well, I guess you can't really ever make anybody happy. You can't make everybody happy. Uh let's move on. The next news story on the list is actually this is from Jeremy. This is about the Numa disassociator from a company, I think it's core prio. Prio. I, I mean I would go with Prio.
3: Uh, I honestly have no idea why, but just seems right. But that's the software, It's uh, you get it off a bit some, it's happily open sourced and interesting. And if you're not a pleb like me, who doesn't have one of the fancy 2990WXs or 2970s uh, and aren't stuck using Ryzen Master, you can install it and uh, it offers a better way of dealing with Memory addressing than either the built-in Windows one, which is just friggin' awful, uh, or AMD's own dynamic link mode, which is better. But when Phonics did the review and took a look at it, they could see that by using the Corprio software, the NUMA disassociate or dissociator, it worked a bitter bit, a bit better. Not amazingly better. Uh, th- we're talking a very, very small amount. But it's noticeably better than the people who made the processor, which suggests this might become more interesting for Windows users as they go forward, uh, especially after when you're looking at these workstation class or if you're insane and want to try it on an Epic, which could be a possibility as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how this develops. It's relatively new. I think it was out for about a week now. And, you know, it. Us Threadripper users aren't exactly the biggest crowd going, but there's some of us, and we really like screwing around with our hardware. It's fun. So if you've got an acceptable processor for it, give it a shot.
1: Or switch to Linux and don't worry about it. Yeah. And you can you can read the in the article, you linked to the Pharonix article where they were doing this uh, benchmarking. Um, speaking of AMD, uh, next up we have a... A news post on an interview that, uh, it was actually Hard OCP that conducted the interview, Kyle over there.
2: Herc, Herc, Herc.
1: With uh, Scott Herkelman, yes. And uh, he was discussing, you know, the CES news, Radeon 7. I read through this, a lot of good information. He shared some details that we didn't have before, like uh, he was asked about HDMI support and some other things, but... Uh, did you have a chance to go through the whole thing, Jeremy?
3: Well, I mean, spoilers first here. Sadly, he didn't spill anything we didn't really already know. I mean, that was sort of the hope of it was that you know he you, you let something nice slip. But I mean, for the most part, we know that uh, the card that Doctor Lisa, Lisa Sue was showing the the triple fans will be essentially the card that you're buying if you buy directly from AMD. Uh, it will it's rated for 300 Watts and it is obviously going to use two eight pin uh, PCI power connectors. But I mean, even when they're pegging him for, you know, is the MSRP going to be perfect? Well, it might be, it might not be. Uh, He goes into looking at FreeSync 2 and how 4K is really, where the higher end resolution or the higher end gamers, the resolution of their choice which will be interesting. And one thing that was interesting uh, and is gonna disappoint a lot of people is it's not gonna natively support uh, HDMI 2.1. They they were talking about possibly an external adapter, probably an active uh, display port, which would let them do it. But as far as built in directly to the hardware, don't expect to see it right off the bat. So hopefully we'll hear a bit more from these guys. and a bit more about Vega twenty.
2: You know, Herkelman's kind of an interesting guy. He uh yes. he originally worked for everyone. started with Vision Tech. And then it, when it kind of converted into BFG Tech. And then uh when they were going downhill, he actually was working to get BFG AMD based GPUs out into market and it was he did it in kind of a an interesting way that that did not make any friends. So it's it's kind of cool to see him back into the industry. But you know he worked hard to try to keep BFG, you know, up and running and and going. So uh, yeah, he's uh, he's 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 an interesting fella.
3: Well, and he worked at uh, Nvidia for a little while too. I was like their GM for GTX stuff. I think it's like so. He's literally
2: been everywhere. Yeah, me here and there.
0: Let's take a quick break to thank our sponsor for this week's episode, and that is Casper. Now, I love when Casper's a sponsor because they're a company that I've been a customer of for several years. Uh, my family's been sleeping on Casper mattresses, I think it's over three years now. Uh, you know, after getting married, my, my wife and I, we went, we went through several mattresses, uh, but we couldn't find one that we were both happy with. Uh, and then one night, long before I had joined the crew here at PC Pur, I was listening to the PC Perspective podcast and I heard about some company that was selling mattresses on the internet. And uh, that was a little unusual, but they offered this uh, 100-night risk-free trial, so I decided to give it a shot. And a few days later, a box about the size of a mini-fridge showed up at our door. Although I couldn't believe that a king size mattress could actually fit in this box, we got the box into our bedroom, opened it up, and watched in amazement as this giant mattress expanded right in front of us. Uh, My wife and I were still kind of on the fence about this whole internet mattress thing, Uh, but once we got into bed that first night, we immediately knew that this mattress was going to be the one for us. And since that day, we both sleep better, and for me personally, the Casper mattress's supportive memory foam has eliminated the back pain that I regularly woke up with on our old mattress. We love our Casper so much that when our uh, young son graduated from a crib to a bed, we got another Casper mattress for him. And then uh, last year, we upgraded our guest bed to a Casper too, so that when friends and family come to stay, they can have a great sleep experience as well. We couldn't be happier with our Casper mattresses, and that's because Casper mattresses are designed by humans for humans. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep service with just the right sink and just the right bounce. And Casper's breathable design helps you sleep cool and regulate your body temperature through the night. But best of all is Casper's risk-free 100-day trial. We spend one-third of our lives on a mattress, so it's important to truly sleep on one before committing. That's why Casper gives you 100 nights to try it out for free and see if it's the mattress for you. And if it's not, just let them know and you can return it for a full refund. But like I said, I don't think you're going to need the full 100 days to experience the benefits of Casper. And we want to make sure that you get a chance to try one out for yourself. Podcast listeners can get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash PCPer and using promo code PCPer at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. That's $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash PCPer and using promo code PCPer at checkout. We thank Casper for their continued support of the PC Perspective podcast, and I thank Casper for helping me sleep great for the past three years. All right, back to the show.
1: Uh, moving on to the next moves, news story, uh, this is one I think Jeremy had worked on. Uh, this is about uh, the I Intel Micron right. split.
0: Uh, actually, that's that's me. And uh, okay, uh, I mean, well, I think Jeremy might have written the original story uh, months ago, and then Alan talked about it. You know, remember Alan, that guy before he left uh, to go it's work. I know about. No Alan no. anymore. <laughs> the, the guy
3: who hasn't been with us for ten years today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, oh, was it ten years today? He couldn't, he couldn't, obviously not. Couldn't wait. But uh, anyway, so as, as the, as you may recall, so Intel developed 3d cross point technology with Micron, they manufacture it out of a facility in Utah. Uh, I think it's the IMFT uh, facility. And uh, uh, back in October, I think it was, Micron decided to exercise their option to buy out Intel on that manufacturing facility. And, they announced it, but they couldn't actually act on it till 2019. So uh, it's now 2019, and this week, I think it was on Monday, uh, Micron officially said that they were initiating that option in their contract with Intel. Intel came out with a statement in response, uh, basically saying, "Well, we've known this is happening. You know, they couldn't do it officially, but we we knew it was happening. We've prepared for it. Intel can uh, delay the closing on that." option until for i think for a full one full calendar year so it wouldn't be until early 2020 at the uh, latest that this deal would close but i uh, look it seems like it's going to happen sooner than that maybe in the next 6 months or so uh but intel's statement uh, statement is we are prepared for this we've already adjusted our plans and so there shouldn't be any Short-term issues with Optane supplies. Because uh, I should say, this This all relates to Optane, of course. Yeah, Optane is Intel's name for their 3D Crosspoint technology. Micron, even though they co-developed it, has yet to put a product to market using 3D Crosspoint. They say it will be coming uh, later this year, though, their first product there. Uh, so uh, in terms of Intel and Optane, no short-term shortages, and they're publicly stating very confidently there won't be any long-term issues. They are looking to either buy uh, 3D Crosspoint from Micron once Micron fully owns that facility or uh, potentially have their own uh, solution in the long term for manufacturing it themselves. But uh, we don't know the details yet other than them stating publicly there will be no issue and that uh, that the, 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 what, the divorce, if you want to call it that, that we knew was happening uh, for so long is now finally underway
3: you got to wonder how much of it is them realizing, wow, the, the market for this isn't as big as we thought it might be.
0: Yeah.
1: Definitely possible. Um, This is totally unrelated, but I found this interesting. And we'll have to see uh, exactly what this means for Windows 10 users who may not be as in love with Cortana as Microsoft would like them to be. But uh, news today, I saw uh, Mary Jo Foley tweet this, so I went and checked it out. Microsoft, in their latest Insider build, so it's build 18317, has separated Cortana from search. So now the search bar uh, on your taskbar will just be in a local Windows search on your computer. And then Cortana is a separate application, which is their, as they say, of course, their voice-first assistant that everybody knows and loves. So that, is, apparently some people have already been testing this, it's coming. Uh, and my first thought was, does that mean that if I go through all of the steps required to remove Cortana or permanently disabled Cortana, uh, does that mean that it will no longer take Windows search with it, which was the the old problem? So we will have to see how that works. I don't know... If anybody else here feels maybe less.
2: I I, I am less than charitable when it comes to Cortana. Yeah. I I work in a 300 plus person computer. Hey, let's get you set up to a network. Shut up, Cortana. Cortana. And, uh, you know, it's just, and and every once in a while, Cortana still, every once in a while, just decides to take up tons of resources. So people on laptops, running on battery, their fans spool up. Saying that things are running slow and their battery just dies, and I hate Cortana. You can't turn it off with well easily without. Yeah, you can. Re- well, you can, but
1: you removing other functionality.
3: Uh, GPO. I've been testing it out at work, and it hasn't interfered with a single thing yet.
1: That's that third party application that disables telemetry and stuff, right?
2: Uh, no,
3: no. no? That's
1: that's uh,
2: GPO. That's the. Group policy.
1: Oh, group policy. Okay, I'm thinking Uh, of the uh, third-party app I was looking at today.
3: As long as you've got a professional or enterprise, there is actually a spot.
1: Really? Okay. And it actually disables the process.
3: Oh, wait, did I link to the wrong one? I think I did. But yes, it disables the process. No, that was my trick on how to disable the stupid uh, asking for extra names...
0: For me, the thing about Cortana was always that I was willing to give it a shot, but in order to have it really be effective, you had to use Microsoft services. You know, like I had to have my email in the mail app or in Outlook and I had to have my calendar in the Windows 10 calendar app and it it can tie into certain third party services and maybe it's better now because I honestly haven't tried to use it in about two years. But when I was first trying to just see if it could work, I, I wasn't willing to do that. I don't want to use those apps. I want—I'm in—I'm either in Gmail or uh, in my uh, cloud-based Exchange uh, email, but not through Microsoft. Um, I don't use uh, the the Windows Calendar. And when you're not using those things, it just wasn't—it wasn't helpful to me. And uh, I don't know what the point is. You know, it, Microsoft seems to be more open to third-party integration these days uh, it's like the people bar you know the people bar which is being killed uh, because it it didn't have enough third-party integration nobody used it it's kind of a kind of a similar situation
1: um yeah i mean i i was actually just now looking because every time i'm using my laptop the only windows 10 device i use on a daily basis i'm annoyed whenever i go to the process manager for some reason and see you know maybe it's only four percent but i don't like having cpu cycles on a mobile device, wasted by a process that I'm not actually using because I disabled everything with all the sliders, but it never actually stops running. But come or on, man! The Voice is from
2: Halo. How cool is that?
1: Yeah, I've
2: You're about I... as cool as Halo is. Yeah. And after about seven years, she goes insane.
1: I I went. I don't want to go insane, so I just don't, I don't use it at all. I don't like Bing search, and I don't like Cortana, and I don't need it in my life. And actually, it was funny because I was just going to look at how many what kind of system resources it was using on this computer that I'm streaming from. And it turns out this uh, this is a Windows 8.1 computer, so it doesn't exist on here. Um,
3: Good God, you actually have a recommendation reasonably for moving to Windows 8 Yeah, or 8.1. For
1: mission critical things where you can actually, you know, control updates completely. Like I decide if I want to update the system, it will never restart on me. I use this. For now. Someday, I'm sure Skype won't work with it anymore. And other apps won't work with it anymore, I'm sure. But while I can, I'll still use Windows 8.1. Applications uh, for testing graph. That was a terrible uh, transition, and I don't know what I'm saying. But let's move on. Port Royal news about... Are are you
2: going to sing Port Royal?
1: I don't know Port Royal.
2: In Cortana's voice? No, 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 no. Lord. Oh, I've never run Port Royal. Oh, you mean Randy Marsh? No. Okay. RTX has gotta be. You love it when I sing. Okay, everybody cringes when I sing, but that's the point. It elicits a response. It's true. And in this I case, cannot it argue is negative.
1: Yeah, I, so I'm not sure it was better. negative. I just I kind of felt nothing for a few moments. I oh, felt numb, that's sad. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Well, anyway, I'm still Port processing Royal. it. Yeah, Royal, uh, something, something. Uh, basically, the what it boils down to, and this is a story from Bjorn 3D, doing some initial Port Royal testing, something that I'm going to be visiting soon. But uh even with the high-end NVIDIA cards, they struggle to maintain 60 frames per second. Is the
3: oh no, they don't even come close. An i 7 k 32 gigs of uh, 3200 megahertz RAM, and the uh, 2080 TI, Ti Founders Edition averaged about 37 Whoa. frames per second. <laughs> 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 what resolution?
1: You know, that headline made it sound uh, better.
3: No, well, I tried to make it sound... <laughs> not Struggle so to maintain 60 isn't quite, you know, horrible. 37, but... Uh,
1: you know, this is where that secret sauce of the deep learning... Yeah, 4K. Yeah. Oh, okay, it was? All right. But DLSS, which presumably is rendering things at a lower resolution than having the uh, AI, like, you know, create the high-resolution version in real time for you, seems to be the answer to higher frame rates with uh, current-gen hardware. And, of course, we're... This is early days, and very few, if any, applications even support it. Battlefield 5 is still the only thing that uh you ever see this demoed with. Uh obviously, for those of us who struggle to see the difference or have to be like the difference has to be pointed out. Uh maybe maybe it's too early to be enabling this for that premium experience. And certainly if you want to crank up the settings and play at 4K, you probably don't want to be turning it on right now.
3: On the plus side, I mean, I'd be really pissed if they were maxing everything out and we were getting 120 frames a second. Would you? That would be a bit upsetting. Say, all right, it's already old and busted. We got something else to push our graphics card.
1: True. You're talking about the benchmark itself? Yeah. yeah, I mean, a benchmark, I, I like it when things are when when it comes out and the very best struggles with it like remember when crisis came out and nothing could play crisis at an acceptable slideshow ever played yeah and it took years and maybe the game wasn't the best optimized it and... was
2: actually highly optimized and it was interesting i mean if there's uh who is it uh, no clip did a crisis thing I believe. Anyway, I, I know it's a total segue, but you ought to check that out because it's really interesting some of the things that they they did. But but regardless, it was a shader heavy uh, application, and uh, it brought everything to its knees when you played it. And I I remember had him to uh, um what seventy nine hundred GTXs.
1: hmm maybe ninety eight hundred that sounds right,
2: yeah, but anyway, it was um eighty nine I can't remember it's been a long time ago, but yeah, I put those on on you know high, and it was a slideshow, and then I took it down a couple of notch, still a good, but at least was playable, so yeah, but anyway, regardless, sorry, but uh, yeah, it's nice that we still have applications that can push modern hardware so we can see where the trajectory is and where we need to be rather than just like, hey, I got Destiny 2. It looks really good. And with this, you know, pretty decent setup, I'm getting 120 frames per second. What's the fun in that as an enthusiast? Bless you. I tried muting, but even with
3: the microphone Phone at
1: zero, it caught that. Right. <sighs> well... We'll see what the next gen can do with uh, Port Royal on high settings at 4K.
2: Well, you got to think that, that one third of the die is is like machine learning. The other third is RTX stuff. And then the other, okay, maybe it's not that kind. But there is a significant amount of ML that does the DLSS, another portion RTX, just the ray tracing, and then the usual GPU. I mean... They're trying to get the utilization on these chips as high as possible to be able to show that it's worth it to buy these products because I don't think they've been selling nearly as many as they want to.
1: Interesting. Uh, Anybody have anything else that I didn't add to this list? Because we're already through with the news, if you can believe it.
0: That's all right. We've been getting a lot of comments that our shows are too damn long.
1: There you go. Perfect.
0: All right. Let's move on to picks of the week and get the balance it out.
1: Jim, you're up first.
0: Okay. Everybody's going to make fun of me, but you know what? I don't, well, I care a little, but only a little. Uh, And my pick is the, uh, if I can bring up the screen sharing here, it's the iPhone 10S series or the, the new iPhone smart battery cases. Now if you remember when Apple first launched these maybe 3 years ago for the iPhone 7 I think it was it was a joke I mean it was everybody hated it because it looked ridiculous like it's it's got this this hump and it was like this can't be real right but uh I got one for my wife's phone because they only made it they they didn't make one for the plus size versions at that point there was only the the smaller iPhones so I got one for my wife, and in person it's not that bad. In fact, it's actually kind of nice. And it's got a nice capacity to it, feels kind of nice in the hand and everything. Um, but they they made those for I think for the six, better than the six s and the seven was the generations, and they didn't make anything for the 10, and they hadn't had anything thus far for the 10s and the 10R. And then this week they launched a new set of cases for the 10s, 10s Max, so it's their first larger one, and the 10R. Uh, So you can pick them up now. They're they're not inexpensive. It's $129 for the 10S Max version. Uh, But uh, it's... And I haven't... I ordered one. I haven't received it yet. So we'll see. But it it appears to be the same material as the older ones, which I like. So it's got this nice feeling. It wirelessly charges or it can charge via lightning. Uh, So that's Does it
1: wirelessly charge with Apple's uh, wireless charging pad?
0: Uh, Well... Funny you should mention that because I think it was like the Brazil the Apple store Brazil listing for this had references to air power in the description. So had to take that out of
1: There's there. hope yet.
0: Yeah, maybe. Uh but uh Yeah,
3: but that one's shaved thinner.
0: I'm sorry. The Brazilian model is, is oh, shaved Jesus. a little closer. <laughs> okay. It doesn't have it doesn't have the
1: fuzzy uh feel to it. It's very smooth.
0: Yeah. But anyway, if you're if you're an iPhone user of the new generation, and apparently it also works on the ten. If you get the the one for the smaller phone, it'll work on the iPhone ten uh, as well. Uh, so if you have one of those, you're looking for a battery case, and um, and and uh, you don't want to go with one of the cheapo ones that are on Amazon. There's a lot of Chinese ones that get real bad reviews. Uh, check this out. Mophie has had one, but they just announced it at CES. Who knows when it'll ship? So if you want one now, uh, this is one to get.
1: They were kind of like the grandfather of this concept, wasn't it? Like the, the Mophie Juice Box Air or something. Was he original mm, years, years Yeah,
0: years? yeah. They Mophie's been making a series of uh, cases for or battery cases for iPhones for years. Yeah,
1: I guess I won't judge you because I haven't seen one in person. But the idea you, of 10s totally Max him. with a huge protrusion on the back—I don't know. But then again, I. Not everybody carries their phone in their front pocket like I do. Maybe maybe people who carry their phone elsewhere, it's not as big of a deal.
0: Yeah, side pocket of a cargo pant.
1: Yeah, I wasn't going to say it, but you did you said it. So yeah, I mean the cargo when you're wearing cargo pants, you might as well just have one of those like charging like uh USB devices in your pocket and just have like a cable and plug like whenever you put your phone in your pocket, you could plug it in and be charging it. Nobody would even know.
0: Why not both?
1: I guess. All right. Uh, Jeremy is next.
3: Okay. Now, this falls very close to this is just so simple, it's stupid, and you shouldn't do it. But do you actually have a five ohm resistor that you can just grab? Or do you have to screw around with your 5.6s and test until you find one that actually is? So, this is just a, a simple 3D printed uh, case. It's a fair size, so it gives you the chance to really play with your 3D printer and test it out. Uh, the guy who did it uh, quoted something along the lines of 2 kilos of uh, poly- plastic that he used for it. Yeah, 2 kilos of filament to do it. And 100 hours to print it out. So it's not just for sorting out your resistors, but it's also a neat little project to prove your 3D printer is worth what you spent it for. But, boom! All of a sudden you got all those resistances printed out handily on the front, and you can just and sort them and keep them there because we all know that you know resistors are not exactly as good as they're rated and that can be a serious problem sometimes
2: yeah but you know what
1: you're still resisting i am and resistance is futile hey josh you know what else has resistors lots of things
0: Women's March? Oh, no. Well, that's it. It's been fun, everyone. <laughs> I'll see you All at right. the reunion show at San Quentin.
1: Something, something, motherboard, Josh, go. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, <clears throat>
2: it was a nice run. Uh, yeah, no, the uh, the ASRock uh, X470 Daichi, it's a great motherboard. And it it, it was unavailable for a while. Ooh, you can save $72. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, But it finally came back. And this is a good thing. Because this is a really good AM4 motherboard. That I'm pretty sure it's got all the power phases and whatnot. That it can handle the 3000 series of uh, processors. And uh, that are coming up. That would have not been announced as, as compared to what other people have thought that they would do in CS. But anyway, <laughs> um, it probably will handle PCIe 4.0 as well. I mean, it's a really high quality board. It's also, uh, well, you know, if you spend a little bit more and get the ultimate, you get the Aquantia 10G Ethernet, which I'm pretty sure all of you have run out. And bought a 10G switch. Post haste.
1: Well, maybe no? if I had this board, I would.
2: Yeah, sure. Why not? Well, no, okay. The, the regular Tai Chi does not have that one, but the Ultimate does. That's about $30 more. So, you know, That's pick not your poison. Bad for that card. But, uh, you know, still very, very good board. Uh, control the LED lighting. It's, you know, mm. it's got everything you kind of need.
1: You had me at LEDs. Right. All right. Let's see. Oh, me. I'm next. You know what, instead of something strange and out of print or some kind of vintage component that's impractical. Here's something very practical. I picked a pair of headphones I just got, actually. These are about 30 bucks on Amazon. And I've been a Koss fan since I was a little kid because when well, I Koss yeah. This a is the, legend in the industry, man. The KPH30i K. And I think the K at the end of this one is just because it's black, although it's more of a gray.
3: But I thought it meant it was overclockable.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, the multiplier unlocked because they're analog. Okay, so you can drive them as, as hard as you want. As hard as your headphone amplifier will allow them to go. I actually have them right here. And what's interesting about the design of these is, they're very lightweight, mostly plastic. They have like this silicone layer oh, okay. that actually sits against your head, so it keeps them from moving around. And then it adds That's like it's gonna a feel good on push- my bald skin. Yes, it will. No, I didn't think about that. I should shave my head and try them. You should. Uh, but you know, otherwise, they're pretty lightweight. If you've used Cost headphones, they have kind of that Cost sound, like the Cost Porta Pros, which I've had for years. They have more bass than you'd expect from a lightweight open ear headphone so they have a very full sound these actually sound a little bit more balanced to me than the porter pros the porter pros are very bass heavy even though they have a small driver these are not these are more balanced these have uh i compared them to the i grado which i think it was replaced by the e grado which is their uh entry level like 40 50 dollar grado headphone that uses like the sr60 drivers a version of them but that kind of sound for thirty bucks and very, very comfortable, very lightweight. And some interesting little features I am almost done, but like the uh, the plug end, there's a if you can see that, there's a little spring on it to just help with Oh, hey, uh, so
2: it doesn't doesn't crack like flows out a
1: If you have a phone that still has a headphone, Jack, and you have this in your pocket, then a lot of stress is taken off of that joint where I have had headphones fail in the past. So just little touches do you like see that.
2: that? Do, do you see that? That's my S9. It's still got a headphone jack.
1: Yes, the S9. like your
2: Apple crap.
1: Yeah, Not since the iPhone 7 has an Apple device provided an on-device headphone jack. Although you could argue, I guess, that the dongle is just an extension of the headphone cable or something, but it's like the weakest, thinnest cable I've ever seen. But anyway. uh, Yeah, if you're looking for lightweight headphones and don't want to close like the headphones I'm wearing right now that isolate the world if you still want to be able to hear the world around you then these are a good option.
2: 30 bucks is dirt cheap.
1: Yeah, and very good sound. These do not sound like cheapo headphones at all. These have a much better, fuller, richer sound than I was expecting.
2: Yeah, Koss was was a big dude in the 70s. His his reputation got a little tarnished, but still knows what he's doing.
1: I mean, they they sell $5 Headphones that sound like $5 headphones, but they also sell really good stuff for less than I think anybody else really approaches when you get into like uh, this style, like lightweight over ear headphones. Anyhow, if you enjoyed this, uh, you can go to pcper.com slash podcast and watch and listen to all of our podcasts going all the way back, perhaps to the beginning. Or maybe you have to use the Internet Archive for that. But we've been doing this. This is our 12th year of podcasting. And uh, it's been quite a journey. I think
2: think number 30 is what's still available that hasn't been lost to the ages. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think the Internet Archive lets you go all the way back. I know I've been back to like December 2007.
2: It was a very good year. Do you know what's crazy? What's crazy, Josh? I I still had the same amount of hair back then.
1: I was going to say, you're still wearing the same headset. But no, you finally you got a different headset. You, you have earphones and microphone now, but that silver headset was legendary.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I've still got it somewhere. What? Oh, oh little yeah. Burrito? If you want to see it's it, within. just look at Jeremy's
1: it's... profile picture.
2: Yeah, no, it's, it's <laughs> within arm's reach. Oh, God, those Logitech ones. Yeah.
1: No, no, no. it was
2: the uh, Plantronics.
1: Oh, it's right. Oh, awesome. you're, yeah. us.
2: you're right. Yeah.
1: Built to last. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. It's twitter.com slash pcpurr uh, for, you know, updates whenever news posts go up and other things. And uh, you can follow the rest of us on Twitter. I'm at Sebastian Peak. I'm and
2: Josh D. Walrath, and these don't are my electronics. Don't forget the Josh D- is nobody. all about the D. But anyway, yeah, within uh, arm's reach. Uh, mine died. I threw him out. Wow.
1: Oh. Legendary. All right. Well, I, that actually is going to wrap it up. We've been doing this for less than an hour. Can you believe that? This is a nice
2: change of
0: pace. Well, it's, you know, I thought happened, you'd like that. It was a short week, you know, having the podcast, the most recent one go up uh, Friday night or Saturday morning. So not a lot happened in the last couple of days.
1: Yeah. But more stuff is coming. I'm working on stuff. Uh, I don't know if you can see behind me. Couple new of, audio. Yep. Yeah, a uh, couple things care? that EVGA sent yeah. over that I haven't had a chance to finish yet, but that really fancy new audiophile approved sound card. Uh, We're going to be doing some RTX 2060 overclocking and 1440p game testing updates and all that kind of stuff. So that's what I'm working on in the next few days. Uh but yeah, keep checking PCPer.com. You should obviously make it your homepage, refresh it throughout the afternoon and evening of every day and morning, just all day. So uh, until next time, I'm Sebastian Peak. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm going with the
2: flow, the flow, dollar flow, and say Josh Walworth.
0: And I'm Jim Tannis, and I'm reevaluating my life choices. <laughs>
1: one of us one of us we could do a different outro like uh you know you can just take your pick obviously you're going to be staying up all night editing this anyway jim Mm -hmm. so just more material
0: i got a lot to upload just telling you uh i'm ready to receive your upload
1: (laughs) please tell me you were at like 32 bit 192 sending him like aac files
3: close but he hasn't told us where to stick it yeah i got it.
1: Oh. So, i huh, gotta Matt. get
0: that going so let's wrap this all right. up all right
2: uh, uh,
1: anything else
2: no let's just say good night